begin. The passage is uh, Luke chapter 19. So if you've got Bibles with you and you want to open that passage and have that in front of you, Luke chapter 19. And I'll pray as we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this story of Zacchaeus. And we thank you for his faith. Uh, We thank you more importantly for the faith and the love that Jesus shows and showers on him. And we pray today that we would know what it is to be changed by you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, like I said, we're exploring these three words together over these 40 weeks. What does it mean to be individuals in a church and in our circles, uh, people who are dependent on God, changed, uh, expectant for God and changed by God, dependent, uh, expectant and changed. And today we're thinking about changed. And uh, this is a passage all about change. I don't know what you think of when you think of change but, um, and, and this passage. As we come towards Advent and Christmas, I thought it was perfectly appropriate to remind ourselves of the story of the Christmas Carol, uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol, and in particular the character of Scrooge. And uh, Scrooge is a character very much based on Zacchaeus. And um, I don't know if you know the story, uh, this sort of story that shaped our popular imaginations. Scrooge, this kind of miserly, uh, selfish figure, at uh, the start of the book, who by the end of the book is transformed. And I remember growing up and watching that on TV and going to plays of that and reading the book myself and how much that kind of shaped my imaginary. This is how uh, Dickens shaped, uh, described Scrooge early on in that book. He says this, it's a wonderful thing. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint. Secret and self-contained and solitary as an oyster. Great bit of writing, isn't it? And I remember sort of watching the film and there's that bit where at the beginning Scrooge has like one piece of coal that he gives to his workers and they sort of, they're gathering around the coal and the candle trying to keep warm. You know, he's that miserly. And then by the end, the sort of scene, I always remember this uh, because I grew up in South East London and so it worked really well when people performed this because they had the accent. Scrooge totally transformed change man from miserly, scroungy, to open-hearted and warm because of what's happened to him. And he looks out of the window on Christmas Day and he shouts out, if you remember the, the bit, boy, he says, and he sort of points to this street urchin, boy, what day is this? And the boy, and like I say, where I grew up, it worked really, really well because you'd have someone, I always wanted to do this line, why, it's Christmas Day, sir. And it was a great sort of line. And uh, this sort of, this total transformation of character from that to that. We've... Um, we're on this journey, like I say, and we're thinking about change. And Scrooge represents the change that we see in Zacchaeus. An astonishing change from a man who, we're told, is a tax collector. More than that, a chief collector, tax collector, which basically is Luke's way of saying the worst of the worst. Tax collectors, people who sided with the Roman occupying force for the sake of making money. They jettison family, friends, relationships their historical identity, their identities of people, in order to fill their bank balance. He goes from that to being overly, we see later on in the story, generous. Verse 8, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll give back four times the amount. We have laws in the Jewish scriptures about how to recompense when you've taken something. And this goes way beyond that. Luke is saying he's abundant in his generosity. He goes from a miserly figure to somebody abundant in generosity. That's the, that's the transformation that we see in Zacchaeus. And so we as a church, we as Christian people, are all about change. All about change. 
the historian Tom Holland, says that change is in our Western imaginary. We just think in terms of change and revolution because of stories like this, because of Jesus. In the ancient world, in antiquity, in Greco-Roman culture, it was, you didn't think in terms of change. You thought in terms of fate and accepting one's lot in life. But this idea that your life can change and be different from what it is today, uh, can be different tomorrow from what it is today, is a revolutionary idea, Holland says. And so Christianity, we as a church, are all about change. Gospel is about change, transformation. Sometimes drastic, like Zacchaeus. Sometimes slow, but no less deep. When I was a vicar in Nottingham, uh, I had the privilege one Easter Sunday. uh, And Easter Sunday is a day of change from death to life. I had the privilege on Easter Sunday of baptising 12 new Christians, 12 people, young and old, everything in between, and uh, very different stories. Each individual story was precious and significant, and I had the privilege of baptising them on that day. And I'll never forget that there was one individual who told his story on that Sunday uh, of being baptised, a guy called Tom, uh, in his 20s, come to faith, And he said uh, he went to a service one day, walked into church, and he encountered the Holy Spirit in this service. Something changed in the worship, um, and as somebody preached, he felt the Holy Spirit, felt God's presence, change his heart, just like Zacchaeus did. And he described it, and I'll never forget this description. It's so powerful for me. He said, I felt the Holy Spirit. I opened my eyes. I went outside. He said, the grass was greener. The sky was bluer. The sun was brighter. What astonishing description. That's the transformation that Jesus gives us. A total transformation. The sky, in one sense, the world hasn't changed, but everything's changed in you. The grass is greener, the sky is bluer, the sun is brighter. That's the change that Jesus offers you and me, whether we've been on this journey for a long time, whether we're just starting it or just about to start it, whether we've known Jesus for years, whether we're just meeting him today. That's the transformation that Jesus offers us. And I just want, uh, from this passage, just to think this morning about the how of change and the who of change. Is that okay? The how of change and the who of change. So how do we change? How does that change happen? Because that feels astonishing, doesn't it? The change that Zacchaeus goes through in the course of a few verses here. Is that possible? It's possible because God changes his heart. God changes his heart. That's the how of change. Not so much the external actions, but the internal, what's going on inside. And you might have your own word for that. Sometimes in the church, in the scriptures, we talk about the heart. You might have your own, you might talk about the soul or your internal life or your very core of your being, whatever language you use. But there's something about when we change it because that that internal, that operating system in us is transformed, is changed. Just think for a moment how Zacchaeus, at the start of this story has ended up in the situation that he's ended up in. Like I say, for the sake of money, for the sake of perhaps potentially prestige, Luke is pointing at here, because he's a chief tax collector, whether it's money or prestige, he has jettisoned everything that we might hold to be virtuous or good, and certainly that the scriptures hold as virtuous and good. Like I say, over here is dignity, self-respect, the fellowship and the community of his people, his shared history as a Jewish individual. Here's all that. And over here is money and prestige. And this is what he chooses. How, 
How lost must he be, the scriptures want us to see. How broken must his experience of life be. And we've no idea why, whether it was something that happened to him as a child, something that happened to him later on in life, something he inherited from his parents, we don't know. But for whatever reason, when he's faced with that choice, this is what he chooses. And remember we used that line a few weeks ago, if you were here. Some people so poor, all they got is money. That's Zacchaeus. So poor, all he's got is money. And then see the transformation, the change that happens. That's how significant the change must be. All that brokenness, all of that trouble, somehow is transformed that now he's able to be generous. I think Luke wants to see something of the the depth of the transformation by describing Zacchaeus as short. Did you notice that? In uh, verse 2, a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. And then verse 3, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but he was short, so he couldn't see over the crowd. Now, in writing, whether it's the Bible or elsewhere, stature is really important, isn't it? It's why often Napoleon, there's this great film about Napoleon coming out, isn't there? It's why Napoleon is often described as a short man. Because it says something about character, doesn't it? And we sort of talk about short man syndrome. Well, Zacchaeus probably was little, but Luke, I think, wants us to see more than that. He's little in another way as well, isn't he? He's short, not just in physicality, but he's short in character. Zacchaeus, because of this pursuit of wealth, is small. There's a writer called James Allen who said this over 100 years ago. We will all become as small as our controlling desire. We will all become as small as our controlling desire. That's who Zacchaeus is. He desires wealth, and so he becomes as small as money. And thus the change, the act of generosity, is therefore fundamental and internal, the heart, rather than extrinsic and external. What do I mean by that? Well, you see later on in the passage, there's this wonderful moment. Zacchaeus, verse 8, stood up. And Luke, I think, wants us to see this, that he goes from being a short man who's hiding away in a tree, probably because of social fear, because he's, a, he's afraid of the crowd, because of who he is, they hate him. He goes from that to now standing up, from small to big, from hidden to public. And it's all to do with the heart, a whole new way of being, from smallness to largeness, from greedy heart to a generous one, from self-centeredness to selflessness, from anxiety that leads to greed to freedom that leads to generosity, from scarcity to abundance, from isolationism and individualism to recognising his responsibility to the community, from closed hands to open hands, from bitterness and cynicism to love. In other words, Luke wants us to see that the change we need is not external, not just changing our behaviour, but internal, total. That's what happens to Zacchaeus. His heart is changed, and from this heart change comes an utterly different way of being in the world. We want, I think, and I think what the world needs is to be a church, to have a church that's about the heart, about, if we like, our motives about why we do things more than what we do. There's really, really good reasons to serve on teams or to sign up and be busy in church. And there's some bad reasons to do that as well. And what we're thinking about in this 40 weeks is how how do we change the heart so that the motives themselves are good? Tim Keller sometimes says that Christians are people who repent 
not just of the bad things they've done, but of the good things they've done and the reasons why they've done them. I like that. Christians are not just people who repent of the bad things they've done, but of the good things they've done and of the reasons why they did them. That's what we're about, about the heart, about the motives. Zacchaeus chooses to have his insides, his heart, changed. And when he does that, the outside takes care of itself. That's the journey that we're invited into. So that's the how. How do we change? We change because our hearts, our motives are changed. Now that sounds difficult, doesn't it? How do you do that? It's hard. And uh, it would be much easier, wouldn't it, if the way things were set up, there was a sort of checklist. And if you did these five things, then you'd be a good person. Or, you know, if you give away this amount of money, then you'd be okay. Or if you came to church this amount of times, then you'd be okay. And Jesus is interested in none of that. How then do we change? How does those, that inside change? Well, it happens in two verses. Just look with me at verse 5 and 6. Zacchaeus is up the tree. When, Zac- when Jesus reached the spot, Jesus looked up and said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. That's the change. What changes is an encounter with Jesus. That's it. And Luke has this lovely way of saying that Jesus calls Zacchaeus and then he goes to Zacchaeus' house. And in the scriptures, a house is always the symbol of your inner life, your personal life, your private life, if you like. That's where Jesus goes. Let me spend time in your home. Let me cut close to your heart. That's what changes him. Spending time with Jesus. And what changes us? Spending time with Jesus. That's it. That's our theory of change as a church. How are people to be changed? How do we think the city will be changed? How do we think our nation will be changed? It's really simple. We believe that Jesus changes things. Spending time with Jesus. And so we can run programs and do events and all sorts of exciting things. But all of that is irrelevant unless it's about people spending time with Jesus. Last night um, and the night before at Lumiere, I said we had over a thousand people come into the church and it's so wonderful to welcome people into the church. But what we did before we did that is we prayed and we prayed before that and we said, Holy Spirit, would you be present in this place and would people meet Jesus? Now we pray that they would meet Jesus through us, through the, the words on the screen, through a cup of coffee and hot chocolate. We pray that they would meet Jesus in all those ways, but we pray that they would meet Jesus through them. Because we believe it's Jesus who changes people's lives. It's Jesus who changes people's hearts. So that's the prayer. And our invitation for us over these 40 weeks is to find ways to spend time with Jesus. And when we do that, we are changed. It's why we pray. It's why we come to church. It's why we read our Bibles. It's why we spend time with other Christians. It's why we do all of these things. Not because they're a checklist, but because as we do them, we encounter Jesus Christ and we're changed. Zacchaeus meets Jesus, Jesus calls him, and he's changed by Jesus. And so I want to encourage you this morning, whether you've been on this journey a long time or whether you're just starting, spend time with Jesus. That's our theory of change. Spend time with Jesus and have your heart changed. So, here we are at the start of this 40 weeks. We've just come to the end uh, of the start, if you like, the end of the beginning, as Churchill put it. We're about to come to the end of this mini-series and we're into this movement towards Christmas and Advent. We've explored 
what it is to have the presence of God at the heart of our church. We've explored what it is to be dependent on God, to rely on him. We've explored what it is to be expectant for God, to believe that God wants to move and do things and be expectant for that. And today we've been exploring what does it mean to be changed by God. And this story, this Zacchaeus story, I think, captures, if you like, the totality of that vision. And some people have said that the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19 is the gospel in miniature. The gospel in miniature. Why? Because we have here a story about an individual who looks to Jesus, who encounters Jesus, transformed by Jesus, and then is called with a new mission and a new identity. And that's the gospel in miniature. And that's our invitation over these 40 weeks. That just like Zacchaeus did, we might encounter Jesus, be changed, and then we'll start to see the fruit. And I use that word fruit quite deliberately because the, the, the image that the scriptures use again and again and again through the, through the Bible of change is the image of a tree or the image of a plant. And that's what these 40 weeks are about. Because if you think about the way that a fruit tree works, for example, and I'm no botanist, but if you think about the way it works, the fruit takes care of itself. The job of the gardener, the job of the person who cares for the tree is to ensure that the tree has everything it needs in order to grow healthy. That the roots might be strong, that the trunk might be strong. And so much of that is unseen. The roots are under the ground. That we don't see what goes on inside the trunk. But if those things are right, and if the conditions are right, then the fruit takes care of itself. And so what we're about in these 40 weeks, and what we're about in our lives, our journey as Christians, deep roots, healthy tree, and the fruit will take care of itself. And I don't know what the fruit is going to look like for us at St. Nick's in our, at the end of these 40 weeks, and beyond. I don't know what it's going to look like. Who knows? But I know that if we dig our roots deep, and if the tree is healthy, then like Zacchaeus, the fruit will flow. That's what we're about. That's what we're about here at St. Nick's. And so that's the invitation for you. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And the prayer is about this sermon today, about what it is to be changed. And maybe you've heard something today. Maybe you would like to be changed today and today is the morning you want to pray for it and as we come and gather around the table you will come and ask lord again would you change me change my heart but also today is about the start of this 40 weeks and so as we pray really what today is is about saying is lord we're going to start this 40 weeks would you show me as an individual as part of this church and in my circles what it is you're calling me to do how can i spend time with you jesus that i might be changed and I don't know what that looks like for you. Morning prayer, first Monday. Prayer in, your, in the morning at home. Prayer in the evening at home. Prayer with family. Prayer in your marriage. Prayer with your friends. I don't know. God is going to call you to what he's going to call you to. And we can help you with that. But today, let's think. God, what might you be calling me to in these 40 days so that my roots can go deep, my tree can be healthy, my trunk can be healthy, and that I might bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So let's pray this morning. I invite you to pray. And uh, just find a posture of prayer, whatever that looks like for you, if it looks like to have your hands out or to kneel or whatever that looks like. And uh, let me pray this prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you want to say amen at the end, if you agree with this prayer and you want to make it yours, then do say amen at the end. So let me pray. Lord, I would like to go deeper with you. I would love to be as open-hearted as Zacchaeus. Generous, not just with my money and my time, but in my mind and in my heart. 
free from self-centeredness and anxiety. Lord, would you change my heart? And in these 40 weeks, would you show me how you want to do that in me? I believe that Jesus can change even me. So please help me to know how to be with